2: Hi, it's Jake Wimberly, host of the Afternoon Drive in Jackson, Mississippi, 3 to 6 each and every day, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio 105.9 The Zone. I appreciate you listening to this interview. And you can find more college and NFL content by searching the Jake Wimberly Podcast on Apple iTunes. Also find it on the other platforms as well, where you get all your podcasting content. Also stream us every day on ESPN 105.9 The Zone at thezone1059.com. iHeartRadio, TuneIn app and more. Be on the lookout for gaming content. Also, more college College football content at CFB hourglass.com and on Twitter at Jake Wim. Thanks again for listening and we hope you enjoy. <laughs> As uh we are glad to welcome back our good friend Chris Landry. Landry Football at Landry Football on Twitter, LandryFootball.com, who will join us each and every Monday throughout football season talking college, NFL, matchups, everything under the sun. Chris, welcome in, sir. How are you?
3: I am doing well. Hope uh, the summer's been going well for you and your listeners. It's uh it's almost here, man. I hear you talking about week zero is shoot
2: that's right around the corner it is it is and of course the coaches poll is out chris let me ask you this and we were joking about this but kind of not mm-hmm. now there's so many other different types of polls from your Phil stills to i mean cbs sports has a poll everybody's got a poll um, and of course the college football playoff has their own poll and the coaches poll and the associated press poll is not a part of that do the associated press and coaches poll hold any kind of weight in 2022
3: to me, it doesn't, but I wonder that it does have some effect in, in this regard, from a perception standpoint. Let's just take the only poll that matters. It's not a poll; it's the obviously the playoff committee. Are they influenced by who they think the best teams are? I mean, the reality is, if you go in with a blank slate, nobody, nobody's better than anybody. I mean, you know, we just is that reality or is there a perception that? this is the top five teams. And then there's a separation between this team and that team. And so if you win a game against one of those teams early, what does that say? Well, we all know it's a long season and it will all play out, but I I do think we'd be naive to think if at least to some degree that the people on the committee are at least aware of what the polls have. Now the polls may be proven to be wrong, you know, in the first few weeks. But, you know, I do think if you just win your games, you know, I think, I think uh, some of that may have an impact. So I, I think it's yes and no. For me, I, I take a look at it. And I I mean, I think certain teams are the most talented, but it doesn't mean they're going to be the best teams. We'll see that as the season goes along. But I prefer to kind of let the games, you know, I, I kind of go everything by the film. So obviously, there's no film of the season yet. And so I'll, I'll kind of go by that. But I think it has an effect. It does, even though it probably shouldn't.
2: Based on just what we know, just for fun, I want to go through some of these. Alabama won Ohio State, two. How much separation, if at all, are between the Buckeyes and the Crimson Tide this year, in your opinion?
3: I, I don't think a lot. I mean, if the, if I were to say who are the two best teams, who are the most likely to play for the national championship, those are the two. I think Georgia's in the mix as well, but they've got to go through Alabama in the conference and still might and still a good chance to make the playoffs. But um, I think Ohio State's bringing an awful lot back. So I would say that there's not a lot of separation. I would put Alabama on top. I think that Ohio State and Georgia are closer to Alabama than people might think. Then I think that's where the drop-off is. Who the fourth team is, Oh, let's have a conversation of about six or eight teams of who's going to be the sacrificial lamb to play the number one seed and going to have the type of playoff matchup that we normally see in the semifinals, right? A block. Uh, I don't know who that's going to be. I mean, we can we can certainly have discussions on it, but I think there's a drop off after
2: three. Chris Landry on your radio, Monday edition of the program. He'll be here Mondays, uh, 4 to 4, 30. We're streaming on the zone 1059com Make sure to find him at LandryFootball.com. Also on Twitter at LandryFootball. All right, Texas A&M, number seven in this poll. And, of course, Jimbo Fisher, a lot of noise in the offseason. Not so much about Texas A&M football. It's been about the collectives, about NIL, his war of words with Nick Saban. Now, as we're getting closer to the season, everybody's in camp. What needs to happen for Texas A&M to be in that conversation in November?
3: Well, you know, the quarterback play is going to have to grow up very quickly. And, you know, that that to me is the biggest key. If I were looking at the West after Alabama – where there is a drop-off in in the, the SEC West, I mean, you got LSU in a bit of a rebuild, but look, A and M's got a lot to prove. I don't think A and M is in that category. I don't think they're a threat to make the playoffs. I don't think they're a real candidate to be the fourth team because I don't. There's unless Alabama collapses in a way that we've not seen, they're not going to even make the conference championship game. And I, I don't know that if you look at their schedule that I'm confident saying, okay, look, this is what their record's going to be, this or that. I mean, I, you know, I think for them it's about consistency. It, can you beat Arkansas? You know, you're not going to beat Alabama this year. Um, I think that if you look at it, they get Florida maybe at the right time. And they couldn't beat LSU last year. When LSU's getting beat by everybody and it was a disaster area under Ed Orgeron, I I think A&M's got a lot to prove. I don't see A&M as as ready as people think. I do think they're talented. I do think they're getting closer. I think they're a year away. Can they finish second in the West? Yes. What does that mean? I don't know. Could they be the fourth team uh, in the playoffs? No, because I don't think three teams from the SEC are going to be there. And I think if there are two from the SEC, which I think there's a good chance, I think we know who the two are going to be. It's not going to be A&M. It's not going to be anybody else.
2: Notre Dame at number five. And we've already got some uh, response on our text line in our number one that this is way too high. Obviously, a lot of Notre Dame is overrated. They'll play Ohio State here in about four weeks. They're a double digit underdog at America, Ameristar Casino, and around the country on most sports books. Um, after the Ohio State game, can Notre Dame do they have the tools to make a run? Because we, we all know this. If Notre Dame gets to 10 wins, and for sure if they get to 11, they're going to probably be in the playoff. At number five, is that is that too high for the Irish?
3: Well, here's the thing about it is, okay, people will say, and this is where rankings don't matter, it's, it's, um, it's grading of the teams that matter. Who's number five? I mean, somebody's got to be there. Okay, so I just said the three that are the best. I mean, you want to throw in Clemson? It could be four. Well, okay, who you want to put in at five? Michigan? A&M? Utah? Oklahoma? Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oregon. Stop me when you're excited out sure. there. I mean, Notre Dame is one of those 10 or 12 teams that could end up being 5 or 15. There's not a lot of difference. But it doesn't matter who's 5. It, it, it really is, okay, who can be the fourth? There is a drop, a precipitous drop between, in my opinion, between 3 and Well, I think there's a a decent drop between three and four. And I think if Clemson rebounds with their schedule, that's the most likely fourth team. But, so the team, I mean, there's no team out the Pac-12 that's capable. But that's why people are throwing out Oregon and USC. Because you know what? If they have a nice run, they play an extra conference game. That makes it difficult for them. But you throw them in with Notre Dame, Michigan, you know, anybody that's number two in the Big Ten, none of those teams are what I would call playoff caliber. In other words, they don't look like Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. But if you got four spots, somebody's got to get in there. And, you know, is it going to be Notre Dame? I I don't know. But, you know, is it going to be Utah? Is it going to be Michigan again? No. I mean, so I think that's where people get, well, that five is too high. Anybody you put at five is probably too high because you can take five and fifteen and flip them, and there's no difference. But getting into the penetrating the top three, as I see it from a roster standpoint, I don't see anybody doing that. I think the only one that's close would be Clemson, and then I think there's a, a precipitous drop between, say, them and and the the Notre Dame's of the world. But we'll see. Somebody somebody could get in there. I just don't I don't see them as the same caliber. So I would agree they're. They're overrated, just like probably everybody else is overrated. Because there's only three teams, in my opinion, maybe stretching it with four. That's got a chance to win the national championship. I, college football is very chalky, Dick. You know that. I mean, it's sure. like, it's not like, oh, wow, let's so have a run. No, because it never happens.
2: Chris, let me ask you this about the Big Twelve, and then after the break, uh, we'll come back. I want to get in state, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, and uh, a couple other questions while we got time. Big tw- uh, Big Twelve, just for fun: Oklahoma nine, Baylor ten, Ohio, st- or, excuse me, Oklahoma State eleven. Then you've got Texas at eighteen. If you ask ten different people, there's ten different opinions on the Big Twelve. Who is the best team out there this year?
3: Because there's not a clear one. Oklahoma's kind of in a rebuild, a recycled. I think Baylor's really good. That's the team to watch, but. You know, if I were going to make a favorite, I'd probably maybe make Baylor and Oklahoma. But, but I don't know that either one of those teams, in fact, I don't think either one of those teams are playoff caliber. Um, so I think you're going to see some some wounds in the Big 12. I think you're going to see the winner there have at least one loss, probably two, and probably fall shot of the playoffs. But I'd probably say Baylor and Oklahoma. And, again, good teams, not great. Texas is recruiting very well, uh, trying to get ready for the SEC. But right now they're not even, in my opinion, a strong threat in the Big 12 unless, unless really Oklahoma and Baylor struggle. I think Oklahoma State can have a good year. But, again, good team, not playoff caliber team. But, again, when you fill in out four spots – that one of those teams or a Pac-12 champion or somebody else get in there? Yeah, it's possible. But what does it really mean? It means blowout in the semifinal game. That's what history tells us.
2: Stream it on thezone1059.com, Monday edition of the program. Chris Landry on your radio. More when when, uh, when we return from the break. Hangup.com today to begin customizing.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. The time has come to go back. Back to the afternoon drive with Jake Wimberly, the hottest sports stories of the day. For one of those moments, it only happens right here. On ESPN 105.9 The Zone and online. At The Zone
2: 105.9.com. Taking you home on a Monday. It is the Afternoon Drive. Chris Landry, second segment on a Monday. 4 to 4.30 is right here every Monday. Talking football throughout the season. We do appreciate Chris Join us. Find him at LandryFootball.com. Landry Football, at LandryFootball on Twitter. Alright Chris, stepping inside the state of Mississippi. Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. We've talked about Lane and, and his ability to coach up offenses. And, and at least for me, I've always said one of his best coaching jobs ever was with Blake Sims. Everything he was able to do, it kind of really helped Nick Saban move that offense forward. We saw what he was able to do last year with with matt corral reaching the sugar bowl lost to baylor now he's got a new cast of characters um and and i've said this too i will be interested to see how this transfer portal project works around the country from lsu to ole miss uh out to usc and several places because i can't imagine every one of those scenarios are going to work out perfectly for these teams but a lot of people high on lane kiffin and ole miss how high can the rebels climb at least in, in your estimation this year
3: Well, let's talk a little bit about the philosophy. Um, Like LSU this year is recruiting heavy in the transfer portal they did this past year and maybe even next year because they look at how many scholarship players that they lost. So they're trying to fill gaps. LSU is not going to be in the portal actively other than pick and choosing guys. But Ole Miss is going to be heavy transfer portal every year. And the reason is, and this is not me, this is Lane Kiffin, Anyway, I don't know if he publicly to the media, but I know that he said this privately.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He can't go
3: get five stars at Ole Miss. He has to go get guys that are five stars or four stars that go somewhere else that maybe doesn't work out and he recruits them off for other schools so he kind of feels like he get he can get those that's where he can get the elite guys and he's made comments publicly and privately a lot p- privately but I know some publicly about the future of college football NIL you know lane that lane if he was at a place that had huge NIL money you know he'd feel much more comfortable by going get those guys so every year it's going to be about meshing these guys in the transfer portal and he's going to have to make that work if that doesn't work then the program will regress. But that's, gonna, that's his key. He's very good with quarterbacks because he schemes guys open. It's not that he develops quarterbacks to do certain things. He does a solid job with that. But what he does best, he simplifies the game for quarterbacks. He basically says, I'm going to take the reads away from you and i'm going to scheme guys open so you look for your guy you mentioned blake sims i mean blake didn't have to survey the field heck you know you saw a number of the guys that that, have come through under lane in recent years we will move guys around and you know he did at alabama hey don't worry about we will scheme amari cooper open for you you know and you and just get him the ball and that's what he does that's what he did with matt and I think that's what he'll do going forward. So it's gonna be interesting to see how much the defense develops. Um and I I think don't dismiss the impact that Jeff Levy had, particularly with the tempo and how much of an effect if any that's gonna be. So it's not just replacing the personnel, which is most important, but you know, he he had got very comfortable with Jeff and Jeff with him. So this is going to have an impact. You know, one of the things that I've always, you know, in discussing with, with Lane is one of the problems he's had in the past is that he's kind of thought himself as a coordinator guy, like almost like an artist. And I think it's hurt him a little bit from a head coaching standpoint, making decisions and being as prudent in that regard. Well, he was able to be a little bit more big picture with Jeff. Is he going to be as comfortable, or is he going to be more hands-on with play-calling or or overseeing the play-calling year? That's what I'm looking forward to
1: watching. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.
2: same question for Mike Leach in year three. Obviously, high level, he needs to beat Lane Kiffin. He's 0-2 against uh, Ole Miss since he's been uh, you know, the head coach at Mississippi State. But big picture, a lot of inconsistent football last year from week one where they had to come back against Louisiana Tech. Week uh, you know, three or four where they lost to Memphis. There was a lot of hiccups. There was some ups against Texas A&M and Auburn. There was some downs against uh, Arkansas on the road and then, of course, Texas Tech. So a lot of inconsistent football. Is it as simple as that for Mike Leach this year is, hey, look, if you're consistent – You've got a quarterback in Will Rogers that can play, probably the best wide receiver room he's had, some running backs that can play, and a defense that's, you know, pretty salty. If they're consistent, they can win six, seven, eight ball games.
3: Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that we time together because they're so different, Leach and, and Kiffin. So as I mentioned how Kiffin coaches, it, Leach is the opposite. The quarterback has to learn there's only one way there's no adjusting with mike leach it's it's one way it's all he knows and so until the quarterback gets a real good rhythm and feel for it it, it's sometimes can be disastrous um he's got a quarterback that that's in a good position to have figured it out and lead him you would think it would lead to more consistency but here's what happens um it's always been inconsistent with Mike. Everywhere he's been, he will win a game that's going to surprise you. He is also going to lose games. He will get out coached as much as he out coaches. He gets a little bit of a pass because he pulls the upset, and he's always at well. He's at Texas Tech. Well, he's at Washington. Day? Well, he's at Mississippi. Day? You don't expect him to win there, so. Man, did you see he pulled the upset over AM and they pay that guy over there $10 million a year? And he you know, gets that. But boy, he gets outcoached just as much as he outcoaches somebody. And, and it's not that it, it is inconsistent, but it's why. It's because if you do a really good job of playing zone coverage, that offense struggles. If you get caught, like, you know, the first game, what did everybody say? The first game they played against LSU, oh, he's going to tear up the SEC. No, he's not. LSU, foolishly under Bo Pelini, played man coverage the whole game. Yeah, that's just taking candy from a baby. That is going – he will eat you up. So if you can't really communicate well on the back end and and can't drop eight guys in coverage – his offense will cause you problems. So that's where he beats somebody that you don't think he's going to beat. But then if you can do that well, that's where you say, well, how the heck did that happen? Because you know what? Mike doesn't really know how to adjust. He runs his style, his system, and it's a take it or leave it, and I think it's going to always be the way it is. Probably, depending on the schedule, it's anywhere from – six or seven wins to maybe occasional eight or nine, and the variable being the strength of schedule because I don't see we're going to see that you're going to see that program ascend because they're not going to recruit at a level that's going to allow them to get to that nine or ten win level. Um, but I think they're going to be competitive and go to bowl games. And the Mississippi State folks are going to have to decide if, if that they're comfortable with that or uh, you know that's good enough. But I think they can win some games and surprise some
2: people this year. Let's finish it up today with Arkansas. Arkansas getting a lot of love in the preseason. KJ Jefferson from right here in the state of Mississippi played at North Panola. Uh, he's a banger and a bruiser, a guy that could get up and get down uh, with his feet. He's gotten much better uh, you know, under that staff throwing the football. Won a lot of games last year. A lot's expected in this year, but they do have a pretty darn tough schedule taking on, of course, Texas a and and Alabama back-to-back weeks. They'll have to travel to state, travel to BYU. That'll be a tough trip. How good can Arkansas be this year?
3: Yeah, you just mentioned it. They're pretty good, but everybody looks at, you know, how good you are based upon your record. Well, you know, you can be an eight and four team and win ten games because you've got a softer schedule. You could be a ten and two team, you know, and be eight and four because you got a tougher schedule. I-, I think it's tough. Cincinnati's not as good as they were last year, but they're good. Uh, they win that game, then they'll start off three and zero. And they've had success against A and M, and that's a that's a big game for A and M. Uh, but you mentioned Alabama; um, that's that's certainly not a, a matchup that's good. Uh, and and you know your throwaway game is that BYU. Man, that's that's just not. You know, I still think they're tough-minded. I tell you, what's going to be a challenge is Liberty in defending that. So. No, I think they'll. I think they're well coached. I think on both sides of the ball, they've got good schemes. I think they're physical. I think they're tough, and I think they adjust well in games. So, I think they'll have a good year. But putting an exact number on it is is challenging because of their schedule. But they're good, and I'm going to tell you, um, I'm curious to see the A and M game in the early part of the schedule. That's the one I'm looking. They didn't win against AM. They pummeled AM. I mean they pounded them into submission. Um that's that's gonna be real interesting to see how AN uh how AM responds back in that game. That's gonna tell us a lot about both of those programs because AM, I with all their money and all their recruiting, all that Arkansas has been really tough, really physical and Uh, I think Sam's got as much out of his team as as anybody the past couple of years.
2: Find him on Twitter at Landry Football. Also, check out the website LandryFootball.com. He's Chris Landry every Monday right here on the Afternoon Drive, 4 to 4.30. Chris, always appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your week, sir, and we'll talk again next week.
3: Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Take care.